Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Christian Wealth Empowerment Specialist, Gretchen Heinen. Gretchen and I connected in a mastermind this year, and I absolutely loved her story and wanted to bring her on so she could share a lot of tips with you about really rewriting your financial story. She is somebody who has gone through a number of challenges over the past year, and she even takes it back to 12 years, where she tells about the points where they really decided to sit down, do the work, and create multiple streams of income, and rewrite their financial story. So Gretchen is committed to teaching young, culturally diverse Christians how to create multiple streams of income while still being present for life and have high well-being. She is a leader in the international health community, Find Your Fit, where thousands of people come to rebalance their physical health naturally so that they can show up their most productive selves. She has a five-star rated podcast, Net Worth It, which is listened to in 60 countries and brings the people, tools, and resources you need to discover and build your own legacy. Gretchen is the founder of the Net Worth It School, the leading place to turn ideas into legacy businesses and overcome financial limiting beliefs. She is a foster and stepmom and believes that love, not DNA, defines family. She allows God to lead her businesses and believes her true potential, our true potential, unleashes when we take spiritual callings and execute on them. I love this podcast because she's very real and raw with us, but she really shares like how you can rewrite your story, your financial story, which can rewrite your entire life, even with the number of setbacks that she had over the past year, as many people have been affected in 2020, she shares how quickly she could pivot, change, focus, change her perspective, and really change the direction of where her business was going. She pours it into this episode, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Welcome to the show today, Gretchen. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Marsha, for having me. It's really fun. I love your podcast and all the things that you do for women is amazing. So this is really cool. It's an honor. Oh, awesome. 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 Let's get started so people can get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? So I actually grew up in Arizona, but I live in Minnesota. So U.S. U.S. of A. <laughs> so many, honestly, so many American clients that are there are people that I connect with on here. So people are used to it. So from Arizona to Minnesota, though, that's like there's some major temperature differences. Oh, yes. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I moved here when I was 20, right after I graduated college, my parents are like, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, it can't be that bad. And I spent the first month literally sleeping in my winter coat. Cause I was like, what? You can die if you go outside. I mean, I know you're from Canada, so you get it. I am. So I still get it. I still get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's a big shock if you're not somebody who has, has been used to it. I have friends who are in Arizona right now and they're showing how there's like a freezing, I don't even call it snow because it's not oh, snow. It's mm-hmm. like a rain snow. And they're like, oh my God, look at it. I'm like, oh my God, you have grass. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> it's so true. Anyway, oh, it's, it's so all true. good. It's all good. Do you have a book that has been impactful for you? Mm, You know, yes, many books. And there's probably two that would be a tie for like the most impactful. And one is The Five Second Rule by Mel Mel Robbins. And the second is Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is really a big piece of my story. But um, Mel Robbins, I think the way she helps us to reframe anxiety as excitement instead of as anxiety. Like uh, that was so profound when I learned that from her, I used it every day. (laughs) That is, those are both two really great books. And I love the five second rule. I mean, just in sheer principle alone, some days I'm like, I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, no, enough of that five, four, three, two, one, Mm -hmm. and just go. But yes, reframing um, nerves to excitement, anxiety to excitement. It's amazing what happens when we change the words. Yes. So true. So true. Yeah. Do you have a mantra or a quote or something that grounds you and is who you are? Oh, yes. Okay. So my like life quote is Irma Bombeck's quote that says, when I get to the end of my life, I hope to stand before God and say, I have nothing left. I used everything you gave me. And I literally think about that quote every single day. Like, okay, how can I make the most of today in case it's my last Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. What a mindset. That's obviously we're going to get into that. What drives you and lights you up? Mm. Um, well, achieving and success and, you know, uh, doing things that maybe someone said wasn't possible for me, or I thought in my head wasn't possible and, and achieving that or arriving at that are, I think things that motivate me, but also, watching people transform is very motivating to me in all aspects, you know, movies, the foster kids we have in our home, my own children, watching my husband transform, watching my clients transform, like just that, you know, seeing somebody go from not believing they can do it to, to over to achieving something they didn't think possible, like the way their face lights up and the way their eyes light up and everything about it. I'm just like, ah, here for it. Oh, I, okay. I love that. And I'm actually going to use that as a lead into my next question. Have you always been like that? Or is that something um, that you change in, into more as an adult? Or is that something you've always been? I think it's kind of always been there, but it's definitely through hardships in my life really come to fruition as a passion. Like I remember being a kid and wanting to win and, you know, wanting got straight A's and, a full ride scholarship to college, you know, so that like achiever and wanting to just be ahead has always been there. But I think the wanting to see it in other people happened also as you mature, right? When you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're not really thinking about other people. So no. I think as I became a mom and an adult and found my career, then when I saw it in other people, it was like, oh, this actually lights me up in others, not just me too. So. Yeah. I love that you shared that because I think that that's that is really when you can start to make like your business, your story, everything else about someone else that you start to see what is possible. And it just shifts the whole thinking. Oh, totally. When, um, could you take me to a hardship where you did create some change in your story or you can take it back to wherever you want to start from? Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> well, probably the, 
a significant hardship that happened for us was financial. So this, Mm -hmm. my story has a lot to do with overcoming financial difficulties. And there was definitely some generational stuff that was passed down. Like by no means did I grow up super poor, but my parents filed for bankruptcy several times. The reason they were in Arizona is because they actually had to flee a farm in the mid eighties in the 82 recession. They lost their Mm -hmm. whole farm. They had to start over. My dad became a contractor because he was like, well, this, I could just become a contractor. You know, he didn't go to college. So but we were not like poor by any means, but I remember there just being like financial strife, like that, that generational thing. And I was determined to break it when I saw the severity of it. Um, when I saw my mom writing a mortgage check with those checks that come in your credit cards, um, yes. you know, I saw, and I was like, I was an adult by that time. And they didn't really share their finances, but I was, she had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's and I watched her write a check from the credit card statement. And I'm like, mom, those aren't like checks like that you use, you know, as she's like, well, and she didn't really say much about it, but it kind of got me involved in, you know, what was going on with them financially and stuff. And, and they're, they're fine now, but, um, that situation I had just gotten married and then this was like an 07. And then guess what? In 08, I experienced a recession as an adult, right? And so the one that I experienced as a fint, of course, I didn't, that didn't impact me other than just like the generational effect of that. But then when I was an adult and it happened, my husband was a contractor. So it's kind of funny how, you know, these things that your parents do, you sort of repeat. And in 08 and 09 and in 2010, um, his income just significantly dropped because of the housing market crash. And I was a nurse and I had my first baby in 09. So there was just this period of being a new mom, being a relatively new nurse, because I went back to school in 07. So it was like this, I had just went to, like, I went to school again, you know, so I had like school debt, a new baby, a husband who was like suffering with depression because he has like lost his job and our money was, our money was like having a huge problem. And I just remember laying in bed one night and I was just so, I just remember that, that heavy feeling when you don't have enough money, right. When you like can't Mm -hmm. pay your bills and, and it's sometimes I have to like really bring myself back to that because I'm so far from that now. But back then I just remember laying in bed and going, okay, is the cell phone payment going to come out before my paycheck or not? Like literally a hundred dollars was like, like going to potentially bounce my account, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I just laid in bed and I was like, Lord, I cannot live like this. And all all we did was fight about money. My husband and I, every purchase, there was a fight because it was like, we don't need that. Why did you buy that? You know? And budgeting. It didn't even, I, there was no way I was going to put myself on a budget. I'm like, we're so far negative. What is a budget going to do? Right? Like, <laughs> okay, so can I like, just, the math is, won't work. <laughs> that is so good that you said that. Like, I absolutely thank you. Sorry for saying that, because I think that really puts back into perspective that when it's like, I'm not even covering the basics. What do you mean a budget? Like, how am I yeah. even going to start there? Wow. Yeah, Like, it's like everything was going on a credit card. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it just, that's what we had to do. And anyway, so I just prayed. I was like, God, if, you know, it was one of those like desperate prayers. We're like, if you do this, I will do this, you know? And I literally, I mean, I was so desperate. I'm like, if you get me out of this, like whatever you want me to do to help people later, I will do it. I will Mm -hmm. share this ugly story of, I mean, I don't have shame about it now, but at the time I remember being like, what if the neighbors know, you know, what if my friends know we are so broke? Like I was so embarrassed of it. And now I'm like, 
that didn't, I didn't need to be embarrassed of that. That was just a hardship. Everyone was suffering back then, but it felt to me like it had to be a secret, you know, because it was Mm -hmm. so painful. So that's probably the, the time that I wondered if my marriage is going to make it. I wondered, you know, my, my child got zero attention from me because I was just worried all the time. And, um, it it was definitely not fun. (laughs) No, that's, but you've painted a really, a really clear picture there that everyone can relate to because I, ironically, when you say 82 and recession, like I remember my parents almost losing everything. And I remember us sitting around the table going, okay, they were getting ready. They wanted to ask our opinion. I was 12. What are we, we might have to move. We might have to change. And it was just like, I don't know what this means. So it was such a, as a kid. And then in 08, I had a hysterectomy and lost my job and stepped away from it. And it was just like this compound. I'm like, oh, these are the stressors that we are carrying like these welcome to adulthood and, and, and babies. So I I remember those feelings, but I think you did a beautiful job of painting what that stress is like and how hard that is on all of us. So how did you start to go from like, so broke that a budget didn't even make sense Mm. to start to create some change? Yeah. Well, the first thing we did is we actually took the Dave Ramsey class. (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows about Dave Ramsey. I'm sure everyone does, but, um, It was like suggested to us. And at the time I remember being like, I can't pay a hundred dollars for this class. Like I was like annoyed that I had to pay a hundred dollars. So I don't even know what it costs these days, but it was and my husband didn't even come to half of the sessions because I think his shame about the money as a man was so much deeper because a lot of times, you know, just stereotyping gender roles, but in our home, he really wants to be a provider and it hurts him Mm -hmm. if he can't. And so Um, he didn't even come to some of the classes, but really the first step that I did is I just got super honest about how negative the number actually was. Right. Like I just, it didn't, I didn't care how bad it was. Like it was in the thousands every month, but I was like, I have to start here and just even just be honest about my number. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it was like selling everything. We sold our boat. We changed, we got rid of like, we had these life insurance policies that we just couldn't afford and they probably Mm -hmm. would have made sense to keep and all this stuff. But I'm like, we can't afford them. So we just got rid of them. And, um, we cashed out some things that we could like use to pay off debt. We, a couple of my husband's old companies owed us some money because he, we were like, it was just bad. We were like bankrolling some things for them Mm -hmm. on our credit card. And so we got them to pay us back. And, so it was kind of a come to Jesus of like, okay, let's just get super honest about where, how bad this is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the, you know, at the, the height of the realization of it, I remember sitting in front of our table with like a spreadsheet I had made and we were just staring at it and we were like, oh my gosh, like, how okay. do we get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how do we get here? But also like, okay, like, mm-hmm. let's just figure this out. My husband went and started driving Uber um, just to make extra money. Like I took as many shifts at the hospital as I could, even though, you know, I remember going days without seeing my kids in my little, little kids, you know, cause I worked 12 hour shifts. So if you add your lunch break, plus the commute, the kid isn't even awake by the time you get home, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I don't, I, it was not easy. Like it was hard, but I was also like really, really determined to just do whatever I could. Mm-hmm. And we refinanced our home. Like we just, we looked at everything. We looked at all of our insurances. Is there a cheaper way? Could we get cheaper car insurance? Could we, um, just every single thing that we spent money on, we looked at how we could make it more affordable. And 
that Christmas, I bought all the kids Christmas presents at the Goodwill, except for the oldest child, because he was old enough to like, know that this is weird and like, something's not right. And so, and he was also in middle school. So I didn't want him to be like, thanks for this Goodwill toy, you know, but the little ones, they were so little, they wouldn't know. And so I bought their Christmas presents there. Anytime I needed anything, I would go to the Goodwill first. Like, even if it was like a kitchen utensil, I'm like, if I can find it here, even though this is probably not, I mean, sometimes when you just need a a random thing, it's like, you're not maybe going to find it at the Goodwill. Right. But I was like, I don't care. I bought my clothes there. I got hand-me-downs from people. I mean, I did anything I could to like reduce our spending and increase our income at the same time, mm-hmm. I started a side business. Um, I started two businesses in addition to my full-time job. And those kind of took off. And really, that's what got us out. It wasn't the slashing the budget. That helped. But it was really learning how to make extra income that really shifted the table. See, I love that, I love that you went there because we both have a similar mentor. And whereas we listen to Chris Harder, and it's in a sense of, but how can I earn more? How can I create more? Yes, we need to be conscious of what we're doing. And I also think that what you're doing and how you're describing that, it's not a lack mentality. It was resourcefulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So resourceful about what can I do and what can I create? That's fantastic. That is so good. And as you do that, right, we can't change anything if we don't face it. We have to face and see where it's at and say, okay, I don't want to this to be my story. So how am I going to create that change? And you have like done that over the past. Like I, I've only known you this past, I, I don't even know, five, six months. And I've watched um, what you do and what you create and what like, it's so, as I look at your story from 10, 12 years ago, this is such a a pivotal piece about what you do now and how you are really about the abundance and what to create Mm -hmm. and how to build it and sharing it. And so it is interesting in a sense that that was your story. And this is really big part of what you do now. Yeah. Oh yes. And, and that's what we were talking earlier about how, before we hit record about just sharing everything that you have. And anytime someone wants to know my knowledge, I never hide it behind a paywall. I will tell anyone exactly how I do anything. Like if you want me to mentor you and help you, obviously then there's a charge, but I'm never going to be the one that like withholds a secret to a launch. I'm like, no, this is how I did it. You can do this too. Like if you want me to build it for you or help you, I can, but like, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very empowering for others. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So then over those last, um, I don't know, even what are we at? Like six, eight years in there. Mm -hmm. Did you just keep repeating and then refining and then repeat and refine? Yeah, totally. Um, Exactly what we did. And we ended up making over a million dollars in side income just from side gigs in addition to our full-time jobs. And so we have like changed our net worth by hundreds of thousands of dollars since then. And we're still way behind compared to people in their forties. Like we're in our forties. We're mm-hmm. way behind compared to the one, whatever you want to call that in quotes, my you know fingers are in air quotes right now, because what does that even mean? But um, you know, for the traditional start saving in your retirement, we literally just started like a year ago or something, you know, cause it took us so long to get out, but I'm like, I don't care. So what? I'll make it work. I'll learn how to make more income. Like I refuse to feel like I'm behind because I don't even think that matters. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's, <laughs> it doesn't, and it's whatever story you tell yourself. Like we, we've yep. had a many challenges over the last few years where we did lose a chunk of our savings because of mm-hmm. job loss and health and these things. And it's like, okay, I can sit there and focus on that story, or I can just keep doing what I'm doing to create and build mm-hmm. more. So that's fantastic. I love that you shared that and your focus now And tell us a little bit even more specifically how I know you pivoted over the last few months, which really Mm -hmm. just sounds like you called out more of who you really are and what's important to you. It's not that it was new. It's just that you called it out. Yeah, totally. Yes. So one of the things that has really come about since um, starting my businesses was that I just am so passionate about helping people make money Mm -hmm. and just changing the way they think about money and getting out of debt and you know, I'm not like a wealth finance coach or anything like that, but I'm more of a like, let's learn how to build some income streams because that's what really turned the table for me. So um, I started a podcast called Net Worth It, and mm-hmm. we teach people how to create income streams and overcome, you know, that poverty mindset or that generational curse that's on you and just learn how to have a worthy mindset, learn how learn money management skills, learn how to create income skills. And we really, <clears throat> I really, in the last couple of months, have focused on using a faith-based approach to that. Um, there's, I've just really that whole journey. What anchored me was praying out to God and being like, "Help me! I need help." And faith has been such an integral part of my story that I realized by leaving that out with other people, I was only helping them about 50% of how I could if I brought that in. And so I'm not for everyone. You know, I I realize that like if someone's not into faith um, at all, especially the Christian faith or, you know, they, that's not important to them. I'm probably not the person for them, but for that person who is crying out to God for help, like I got you. (laughs) Oh, I love, thank you for sharing that. Can I ask you on that for just maybe this will land for somebody who's listening how do you keep the faith when it feels like all the stuff is hitting the fan? Like, how mm-hmm. do you do that? How do you, would be a recommendation that you can give to somebody? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, compared to what, that's what I always tell myself, right? So when there's something that goes wrong, I go, okay, compared to what? And okay. So my background is in nursing. So in mm-hmm. addition to side incomes in the net worth at school, I have a you know degree in nursing and I still even work, I still work as a nurse now because I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. And all the time I would see these people who were worse off than me. They're like, legs don't work. They had a heart attack. They have a new tumor. They have no arms. Like there's always something that's going to make your situation harder, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, at least my house isn't on fire while I'm dealing with this, at least my dog isn't lost or my kid. Like I, that's what I say all the time is I just, when I feel like, Oh, poor me, you know, things aren't going good. I'm like, okay, well who out there is praying for my heart, right? Like mm-hmm. my hardest day would be their, their like answer to their prayer. And it's not a competition. It's more like mm-hmm. just putting in perspective that it's not as bad as you think it is. Right. So you don't have any money. Like now, if that were to happen to me, it'd be like, cool, challenge accepted. Let's go make some money. But back then it was like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, because it was like, that was my mindset. But now that I can say, oh, there could always be something harder. 
I don't know. That's just what I would tell people is compared to what, you know, (laughs) perspective. That's so, so, so good. And I think maybe being a nurse and obviously your personality, you're able to put some things into perspective. When I was in the thick of our family, really, really struggling. And I just didn't know how to even just make one more day work. I remember seeing the quote that, um, and it was exactly that. I'm not going to say it properly, but it was exactly that in the sense that um, life is really, really hard. And then in compared to comparison to what, like Mm -hmm. it's when you really do put it back into perspective, that is such a mindset shift. And that gives you opportunities to see that there are, there are more opportunities out there. And I think that when you ask those questions or you ask open-ended questions, like what can I do? Or yes, that's a challenge. Let's do that. It allows you to see things differently as opposed to the victim of why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you go victim, you don't change. Um, There's something else you said I really want to ask about to share with others is worthiness. I, I was asked to coach in a group program two weeks ago, and I don't, I'm, I'm very much universal faith based in the sense that like the questions of worthiness have come up. I don't, I'm going to say a dozen times in the last two weeks. And I'm like, okay, so there's obviously a sign here. This is something that has to be addressed because you can go out of the gates like crazy work hard. Like you can have that mentality, but if you don't believe that you're worthy, then it's it's not going to happen or land. So any tips, thoughts you can share with people on worthiness mindset and what that means? Mm, yeah, well, I feel like it's also a journey, right? Like we're always going to be coming up against a new, especially if you're growing and you're a person who desires to grow. I don't think you're ever going to end the um the education of worthiness, right? Because we're always looking at a new opportunity and going, oh, could I do that? Could I do that? But what I will say about if you don't feel that you're worthy, is like stop and do some work on that, right? Like join a coaching program like yours or something where you can step into that. And I did this last year. So even after making all of the side money and you know having thriving businesses, when COVID hit, my confidence was really low because I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And also in 2020, I lost a W-2 income and so did my husband. So we both, so both parents lost their income last year. Right. And we still came out ahead because instead of like just succumbing to it, we were like, okay, pivot. What do we got to do now? Like we spent zero time on that. And when my husband lost his job, the first thing he did is hired a coach because he knew like, okay, I'm if I'm going to wow. get that next promotion, if I'm going to get that next job, like I need to be my best self, not the guy who just lost his job, you know, like mm-hmm. that feeling. So, and so when COVID hit, I did the same thing. I joined a, a coaching program to help with my confidence. I don't have programs like that. Like I know you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for people like you because people like me who are more of the tactical teaching people how to do things like without the mindset piece, you really can't go very far with the tactics or anything you have to have. That's like fundamental. So, mm-hmm. you know, if some, if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I just can't, I, I don't know how to just know that even a person who's been successful and has arrived and has whatever done the things, you know, that people say the big launches or whatever, even I went and hired someone to help me with my confidence because we're always going to need it. We mm-hmm. need each other to like 
bless each other, right? So I'm always going to need someone like you, Marsha, always. And I hope I never not have a person like you in my life because (laughs) what you do for the world, I mean it, but like what you do for the world, it really does like turn the lights on, you know, think about like lighting a candle and then that candle can go light another candle. Like we need people to do that work. So just hire someone to help you. That's my advice. Oh, Okay. Well, that's beautiful. And I'm going to receive it because that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And I, I agree 100% is it's not that you can't do it. It's recognizing that it is something to, to work on. I had a conversation with my one son. Um, and I mean, we've had definitely an interesting relationship. We, I love my kids dearly. And he said, you know, mom, could you recommend a personal development book for me? And I'm like, yes, I absolutely can recommend a couple. And he's like, just feel like I have to work on my mindset. And I just don't know why. And I'm like, oh, bud, everybody does. Like, I just like, this is not, if we ever get to the point in our life that we think we've got it covered, that's where we're already behind. That is not, I think it's a constant, constant growth. That's so good. And kudos on having a kid who's like that. Oh my gosh. I'd probably start crying if my kid said that to me. Um, like, yeah, oh, I, I, probably did. <laughs> I probably did. To be honest, I sat there and I'm like, Ooh, that's my one good conversation for like my 10 challenging ones, but I will take it. Right. I was like, super, super grateful that he asked and he recognized. And I'm like, I just need you to know, like, we're all doing it. Mm-hmm. We're all doing it. We all, I think we all have to recognize. We always have work to do. Always have work to do. Totally. I love that. So even this year with your podcast, you even made more pivots with it. Did you not? Yeah. Well, I rebranded the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when I knew that I was going to make it faith-based, um, I knew that it just needed a new look. It needed a new feel. It needed a new vibe. So I hired a company to come in, um, Rachel G. Scott to come in. She's a branding expert and nice. they did an amazing job. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. it's like, there's so much information that you are sharing through your platforms and everything that you do on how you can change your money story, how you can create those changes. That's yes. awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And did I see that you were also looking at like relocating? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the blessings of um, last year and everything that happened, you know, there's a lot of challenge. There was a lot of challenging things that happened last year for many people and, you know, self-included, we had some challenges, but I just refused to look at them like that. Like when I Mm -hmm. face challenges, I always look at, okay, what could be the good of this? You know, Mm -hmm. what, even though we both lost our jobs, what could be the good that could come out of this? And I look for the good, like look for the good. So the good that came out of me losing one of my income streams, and we lost about $300,000 of income streams last year. So this isn't like a small number, okay? Thank you for spelling that out because I knew it was a significant number and I'm glad you spelled that out. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of money. And so, um, but because of our situation in 08, we are very diligent savers. I, you know- drive an old minivan. I don't need to drive an old minivan. Like I just make conscious choices to spend more money. And it, it, it's what I choose to do. I'm not saying everyone has to live like me, but so we had a lot of money saved up. So when all this happened, I didn't have to have that feeling that happened in 08. Cause I had learned my lesson and I had savings, but, um, last year, the gift of, of all of this is that because we both lost incomes, we were able to make the next choice of our new income location independent. And so we made sure that any contract we took, any W-2 offer we took, that it had a hundred percent tele, 
like telework agreements. And because of that, now we can live anywhere we want. And so we bought a camper. <laughs> you did get it. I wasn't sure yeah, you yeah. did. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We're actually like giving them, the, well, we, we have committed to buying it. I think the money's actually transferring sometime in the next couple of days. I'm not, mm-hmm. I am not involved in the details of the money transfer, but, um, and we're going to, um, explore the Pacific Northwest in the fall and then spend some time in the West in the wintertime and just, you know, travel around. We're going to, ho- we are going to homeschool our kids, which we would have never been able to, we never even would have thought of that because, I don't think my kids at the previous before last year would have really known how to work um, uh, distance learning. Right. Mm -hmm. But they learned how to distance learn last year. Like my seven-year-old can like master her schedule, you know, and she's like, mom, you have to click this button to mute yourself. You know, like she knows how to do everything to join a meeting, all the things, you know, I'm like, wow, you're learning skills and it learned (laughs) last 20. And my other son, he, basically runs his own life, you know, versus before I probably would have like micromanaged all their schoolwork and all this, but distance learning taught us these kids are actually way smarter than we give them credit for, you know? And so now my kids are going to be able to homeschool, which I don't think they would have been. So it's like, there's so many things that happened that were good, even though there was bad, like I just saw them as like opportunities, you know, Mm -hmm. they were. And I think that being able to look at them that way and see them that way, then changes what you can see from it and Mm -hmm. what opportunities are there. And again, going back and asking different questions. I love it. Absolutely. Love it. Um, you run a coaching program that is, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know you had a really big launch during last year, which is fantastic. I love these stories. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we, we have two programs actually that we re changed how they look, but it's essentially the same content just delivered a different way. So last fall, um, we launched the idea to launch program and it had a ton of calls and they were all in the evening and there's a whole portal of curriculum about how to take an idea and monetize it. I mean, I don't care what your idea is. You can monetize anything. You can monetize courage. You can monetize, um, self-worth. You can monetize, books, you can monetize t-shirts. I don't care what you want to monetize, bring it to me. I'll help you figure out how to do it. But, um, so the program idea to launch was a really intensive program with lots of calls. And what I learned from 2020 is that I'm not going to do anything that's going to take away from my family, right? Like Mm. family became so important in 2020 because it was, we were together more. We just realized how our lives were all over the place before 2020. And so this year we actually changed the program so that it's more family friendly. It's more, um, it's easier for parents and people who are maybe have a full-time job and are starting something to participate. And it's changed into a portal of videos. So you can do it on your own time. And then we do bi- bi-monthly calls instead of like on Zoom all the time in the evening, we do bi-monthly calls and we have a guest and then we connect together and troubleshoot and mark do PR for each other the other time. So, so awesome. yeah, we, that's called the society. So yeah, so it's cool. That's so awesome. So you found a way like this is, I I keep loving how you're saying this, but you find a way. And, and I think that there's, and I'll make sure it's on the show notes, but it's really powerful in the sense to show like you can create, like you can create anything. If you really start to do the work and look at, you know, how do I roll this out? How do I connect? How do I speak? All of those things. So it just will give so many people hope of what they can do. And I think especially this past year is being able to look at it and say, how can I create another stream of revenue? How can I do? Like I, 
I am still, I'm, I've been full-time in this part of my business since I lost my job last year with COVID, but I'm beyond grateful that I started this three years ago and had my feet in it and do, because when people, I have people saying to me in April and May and June going, well, what's zoom. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's zoom? Like you <laughs> really? Oh, this is like, okay, but you're right. Kids have figured it out. So there's a lot of things that are available for us to try and see what we can make work. So I love that you, I love that you do that. That is one of your programs. What's the other thing you offer? Yeah. And then, well, I have a health and wellness business where people who don't want, they don't, if they don't have an idea, right? Like they're not like, oh, I have this idea for this exact thing. And it looks like this in my head. A lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to make extra money, but I don't want to do any of that. You know, like I don't want to make a website. I don't have time for any of that. I just want something that I can refer. And so in that case, I will help um, people get into affiliate marketing or network marketing or some type yep. of marketing where you are promoting somebody else drop shipping. It's very similar to drop shipping. Um, you can even do it with Amazon. You can open Amazon stores. Like, I don't care what you want to start. Like we'll figure out what's right for you. And it has mm-hmm. to be something that lights you up. Right. But <clears throat> so that's the other part of it is just really helping people to make money on their own idea and helping people to make money by affiliating with other companies. Yeah. I love it. There's, there's, opportunities are endless, absolutely mm-hmm. endless. Oh, can I ask you what, like, so really you've kind of nailed a lot of that down. What impact do you want to create in the world? Oh my gosh. Well, so my husband was a foster child and he grew up in foster care and he's kind of a miracle of the system, right? Like he's, um, he should be in jail by all like statistical analysis. Like he should literally be in jail because he was getting in trouble with the law as a teenager. He, mm-hmm spent most of his childhood in a foster home. Um, when he was like 15 or 16 back in those days, they were like, what do you, they gave kids the choice? Like, what do you think a 15 year old, like hoodlum kid is going to choose? He's not going to choose to stay in the foster home. That's, you know, has structure. He's going to want to be on his own. So he essentially kind of became on his own at 15 or 16. I mean, he lived, um, he lived with someone, but he kind of did his own thing, moved out when he was like 18 or something like that and got a job. But he has, um, when I met him, he was, um, he's our second date. He's like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, this was my childhood and I plan to give back and I want to be a foster parent. You know, I want to adopt some teenagers because they're really hard to, they don't, no one wants the teenager kids because a lot of times they have a lot of trauma and they act it out, you know, and they Mm -hmm. have behaviors. And so he's like, I want to have a home where we can take kids in like this. And so if this isn't your jam, like we shouldn't even date. And I was like, this is amazing, right? Like this is every girl. Well, this is my dream guy, right? Because I'm like a guy who like wants to change the world. So, um, you know, my big impact is to just show young people either in my home or people that come through our programs or through the podcast that I don't care what your background is. I don't care what crap situation you came from. You have every choice and right and birthright to change it. And Mm -hmm. so that's really the legacy that I want to leave is just to change generations. Like no matter what skin color you are, religion, sexual orientation, I don't care. Like if you came from something that's different than what you want. Like you get to just choose to do that. That's the legacy I want to leave. Um, and I feel like we're doing it. So it's cool. Oh, that is an absolutely beautiful legacy. Are you still, do you still actively take in foster kids? Mm-hmm. Is this, do you really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's COVID was a little bit strange because I was going to, that was my next question. Yeah. Um, 
kids aren't in school, so nobody is noticing that they're being abused. So there's essentially no child protection calls being made. And um, at least that's what's happening in our area. And so it's really sad. We've actually had kids die in Minnesota um, because they're not going to school. They're not getting fed. You know, they're not, they're getting abused and schools like the place where it gets noticed, you know? So when kids aren't in school, it's a huge problem for, um, you know, kids who are being neglected and abused. So we haven't had very many this year, which like kills me, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they're at home and they're probably struggling worse. But, um, you know, such is the time, you know, so it's a very unique time. And I thank you for mentioning that because I know we have seen many cases where they talk about, you know, whether it is abuse, whether it is spousal, it doesn't, there's just people who are trapped in homes and I feel for them. Like, I really feel for them because this is such a, we're not, I mean, sure. We all like some downtime in our homes. That's not a, but it's, we're not creatures of isolation and that his, yeah. And so for people who actually do need that help and support that that's a really tough, tough experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're mm-hmm. definitely still creating and building that legacy, honestly, in all ways um, in your life. So I love that you shared that with us. And I love the message of what you're behind and what you're doing. I want to ask you one last question, but I want to make sure I will have all this stuff in the show notes, but where do you hang out the most? What's the best way to follow you connect? Yes. I love that. Okay. So, um, all of my Instagram handles are essentially this, or all my handles are essentially the same, but um, on Instagram, it's Gretchen underscore Heinen. Mm-hmm. And our podcast website is easy to remember. It's networthit.org. So you can just mm-hmm. go to networthit.org and you can see all of our resources. We do free texting. If you want free coaching, you can get it via text. Um, so we have that set up and um, there's a quiz you can take. Will my idea make money? And you can go take that quiz and yeah. um, it'll give you some resources to get your business going and your idea going. So that's awesome. Tons that you give tons and tons of value. So I absolutely love that. My question for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Mm. Gosh, um, I would say the financial hardship. <laughs> it really, you know, anytime so I'm going through something hard, I think, oh, I wonder what, what like new ninja skill I'm going to have because of this, you know, like <laughs> when I'm done with this lesson, I'm going to have a new skill. Yep. Um, but just that, you know, going through that financial situation has totally removed the Jones mentality out of my mind. Like I do mm-hmm. not care if people, other people are buying boats or yachts or have the bigger house. Like it, it totally removed all of that for me. I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna stay in my own lane, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that was, I'm so glad I learned that. Cause I just watched so many people try to buy happiness and you will it- never buy it. You know, I mean, you can use money to relieve pain and be happy, but you can't buy actual peace and comfort, you know? No, no, that is such a powerful thing. And I can't tell you how many people I have interviewed on this show who are really doing something that they're passionate about, making a difference, feeling fulfilled. Almost 99% of them, when I ask them what they're grateful for, they go back to the hard part of their story. Mm -hmm. They go back to that hard part because we can't learn something if we don't actually live it. We just, we can't, we can maybe empathize, understand a little bit when we read about it, but we don't learn it the way that we do when we actually live it. It's so true. 
Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here and for giving so much knowledge and tips and tools to everybody. I really, really grateful for you. Oh man, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much, Marsha. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.